Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Anthony Fury, columnist with Sun Media, Toronto Sun. And uh, I, I took a couple of days off early this week because of my birthday. And I, I saw Anthony's column, uh, experts called penal guidelines to place children in solitary quarantine, cruel punishment. And uh, it just bothered me. And then I, Anthony and I sort of communicated with one another over the last couple of days. And uh, we're going to talk now about this particular situation, which Peel has now um, adjusted, revoked. And I'm not quite sure which word to use. But, Anthony, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, at the very end of your column, you quote uh, a grandmother who wrote on Twitter, my 10-year-old granddaughter was sent home from school today because one kid in her class tested positive. Public health instructed her mom to keep her in her room with no contact with the rest of the family for 14 days. Wow. And then you wrote, uh, sounds like child abuse to me. How's it? How could it be anything but child abuse? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Roy, always great to be here. And, you know, good question. And a lot of people were asking that. We heard from a number of folks who said, look at what they're saying that you have to do. And, and I thought, well, you know, sometimes people exaggerate how these things are actually being communicated. Nope. Did the fact checking, looked at the documents, even got in touch with Peel Public Health and confirmed, hey, is this what you guys are shopping around? Is, is this the real document? Yes, it is. So uh, when a child in a classroom tests positive for coronavirus in Ontario, they say, all right, send the whole class home. Everyone gets this note. It's a slightly different note in all public health units uh, across the province, and they, they write the details differently. And Peel has the most uh, aggressive wording, shall we put it, saying, well, I, I won't say saying, said, because they have revised it, that, yes, your child has been in close contact with someone who has the virus, 14-day isolation in their own room alone. And this is for uh, kids from school and also sent home from childcare. So we're not talking about, all right, yeah, my 15-year-old, he loves to play video games. This will just be a party for him. No, we're talking about not, not just a 15-year-old, but a 5-year-old as well. And uh, this was the reality for her quite some time until they just apologized for it a few days ago. How do, how do, you, how do you come to this conclusion that a 5- or 6-year-old should be isolated from his or her family for 14 days? What kind of, what kind of thinking goes into this? Or is it just a case that, as I've often said, Anthony, you can't outthink those who aren't thinking? Well, I do believe if you are single-mindedly obsessed with coronavirus case counts and that your primary goal is to drive those cases to zero and that any any sort of spread of the virus in any circumstance, even if it's uh, very low-risk cases among family members, that that is unacceptable. Well, I think that is when you can get yourself into this line of thinking where you basically have a zero-tolerance approach for for any sort of form of coronavirus. And it, it's not about managing hospitalizations or managing long-term care, but that this sort of zero ideology out there, then I can see how this would uh, be considered reasonable by some public health officials. Now, you and I watched you speaking about this online, and if we can just segue a little bit, we'll still include Peel in the discussion, but it's now Peel and Toronto and the public, and the, the, the medical offices of health, and the, also then you brought into the conversation, into the discussion, the York Regional Medical Officer of Health, who disagrees with his Toronto and Peel counterparts. Put that together for us, please. Oh, you, you got to talk to Dr. Kareem Kurji. He's someone who's saying stuff that a lot of people are seeing as a breath of fresh air. 
you know, people say, okay, we're in this for a year now. We were told two weeks to flatten the curve, and suddenly it's 52 weeks later, and we're still doing this sort of stuff. Uh, what happened to data-driven approaches? What happened to looking at the evidence? I mean, this is 21st century society, a developed nation. There's so many smart, brilliant people in this country. You would think that we could come up with a better way to manage all of this than just stay home. Nobody do anything. Dr. Kareem Kurji, talking about that more advanced approach, uh, targeted approaches, he's saying uh, we're not going to go into these blanket lockdowns anymore. He says the data shows us that you know retail outlets, restaurants, gyms, they were not what was causing spread in the first place anyway. Uh, what causes spread of this virus is indoor prolonged close contact, which is something that, that no public health official will dispute. He says moving forward, we got to look at the the holistic health of society, all factors. So if we, he is not anticipating a massive surge of new variants or a massive third wave, but he says even if we get to that point, how we would respond to that is through these targeted approaches, dealing with these flare-ups in a smart way. No more of these blunt policies. And it absolutely makes perfect sense. And let's just include into the in, into this equation that Canadians, by and large, I'd say close to 100%. There are some who will challenge anything. But the significant, a huge majority of Canadians are online, on side, with combating COVID, with dealing with the pandemic, with with creating a safe environment for themselves, their families, their friends. They want to cooperate, but they want to also be treated intelligently and fairly. And so much of that is just, in my view, I'll join you on the sidelines, been kicked to the curb, Anthony. No, absolutely. And I think the way public health officials have been communicating, they haven't been really speaking to people uh, with a sense that, 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 that we're, we're competent people, that we have human agency. I mean, this idea of uh, banning outdoor events and wearing your masks outdoors and so forth. I mean, if you really drill down and have uh, prolonged conversations with these people, and I, I've, I've had those conversations with these infectious disease experts, with members of the Ontario Science Table, I mean, they all admit that uh, transmission in classroom is, is not really a thing. It's not really happening. Outdoor transmission, you know, it's not really a thing. They all agree that uh, retail transmission, yeah, it's not really happening. I mean, where are you getting that prolonged 15-minute contact with people when you're just walking around the boutique clothing store, just two or three customers? is not happening. It's just that those health officials who say, we got to shut everything down, you'll hear they're obsessed with this mobility data. So they're afraid, well, you know, if, if you go to the boutique clothing store, there's nothing actually wrong with that. But but maybe you'll maybe you'll run into a friend and you'll say, hey, well, let's go have a coffee. And then you're going to go inside your friend's house and have a coffee. And, oh, well, there you go. There's a coronavirus case or at least a potential of it. So uh, they're, they're being, I, I think, a little dishonest in the way they talk about why they're bringing these rules. And I, I feel for people, when you see people who are, who are very personally afraid and nervous when they're on the sidewalk. I saw a lady almost get hit by a car because she jumped out of the way uh, as a young man passed her on the sidewalk. Um, I, I think they're led to believe that, that there is serious risk of, of transmission happening in places like the grocery store, even though when you listen between the lines in these sort of hour-long press conferences that people like David Williams give, they do acknowledge on the B side of the album that, uh, you know, practically zero cases in those settings. Yeah. Speaking with Dr. Neil Rao earlier today on the program, infectious diseases specialist, in uh, Halton in Ontario and assistant professor of medicine at the University of Toronto. And Dr. Rao shared with us, and I had to ask him twice, that he'd been on a wilderness trail, walking on a trail in Quebec, and there were the arrows telling him which direction he had to walk because of the concern about COVID. I mean, this is out in a wilderness trail. And, and you know, one thing <laughs> I'm really nervous about, Roy, is the, the kind of psychological damage that I feel like a lot of people have been under. It's been a, a very traumatic period, and, yes. and to... 
you know, to fear that, that someone passing you on the sidewalk is potentially going to make you deathly ill, uh, you know, that, that gets into people's heads. And, and I really yeah. think public health officials need to level with us a bit more about what we know if we really probe them and ask them those follow-up questions they they would acknowledge no you're, you're not actually at serious risk of this we just you know want to encourage people to take all precautions now you've been in the crosshairs of criticism about what you've said and what you've written and what you're reporting how does that affect you it doesn't at all because uh, all i really do is report uh, verified government statistics and reports one thing that's very interesting right the cdc just put out a, a report on on mask wearing and the efficacy of it and the top headline is they say it seems like you know masks are, are having a benefit in decreasing uh, cases when they compare everything and i read a new york times story on it and all they say is that the this report says you know masks are, are very beneficial to reducing the spread when you actually read the report as i did and, and i've learned at this day and age you're not actually supposed to even look at the footnotes you're not supposed to read the statistics uh, the cdc says that they found that masking will decrease um, coronavirus cases to the tune of 0.5% on the low end to 1.8% on the high end. So you go, okay, that's actually, you know, a, a pretty low thing. So should you wear the mask? I guess so. But if you see one guy in Costco not wearing the mask, do you need to call the cops and then have him be beaten in the parking lot, which we've actually seen happen in a few cases? I mean, let's just talk about proportionality here. Yeah, I saved one item for my conversation with you. Got nothing to do with what we've talked about now. Just about a really good guy, and that's Walter Gretzky. And uh, I, I'm sure you have, and I have the opportunity to uh, to get to meet Walter and speak with him on a number of occasions, uh, professionally and personally. Just a wonderful, wonderful man whose funeral took place today, and uh, I, I just have such admiration for him and for his entire family. And he contributed. He gave us all something in the in the sense that he helped develop Wayne's talent and was just always such an approachable, good man. So well said, Roy. I mean, family, hard work, commitment, dedication, perseverance. You see that all, and it, it, it's really something. I mean, he's, he's really, you know, Canada's father in many ways in, in that, that story and what it's mean meant to so many people, whether it's older generations, Walter's age, or, or young kids, having that relationship with their fathers with hockey. It's, it's just something. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 